Well, here we are. Uh, welcome to uh, Under the Radar, and uh, got some special guests in. Uh, Roisin, uh, or is it, is it Roisin or Roshan? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Roisin, Russian. Scott Connerty, and uh, Alistair Barry. Hello. Uh, thank you very much for coming in. Now, and also later on, we're having uh, Rupert Lewis, who's uh, an educational psychologist. Uh, so, we well, might as well start about that. How, Alistair, what was your education like? I was privately educated. Uh, I right, I don't want to talk anymore. So um, I'm, uh, I found that I did a benefit gig the other day. I got there. And I, it I have to point out. out the only time I've ever met you is at benefit gigs. So have you got this massive guilt complex? I about do a something? lot of benefit yeah. gigs. It's the only way I can get <laughs> on big theatre stages. Sure. But uh, now I did one the other day, and I turned up, and it was for a private school. I sort of stood there going. What, were we helping them pay the fees or something? But it was, uh, yeah, it was a slightly strange gig. But was no, it I, one of those benefits that you got paid for? Um, I did get a small fee. Yeah. Yes, yes. That, they're weird, though. They are. I don't really yeah. like them generally, but this was sort of put on the table in such a way that I went, well, all right, I'm doing my job here rather than. It's yeah. when you do, it's when you get sort of like, you know, cancer or, you know, starving people in Africa and they go, right, it's 300 quid. And you go, yeah, I don't want that. I feel, yeah. no, I don't. Yeah. Really no, there's weirdly, there's a school in Twickenham, a Catholic school, that always asks me, it's a, it's a benefit, but they pay me a fair bit of money, but it's just for a night out for them. But. There's they quite a lot of really schools, a lot of schools, and I think a lot of a lot of comics who've got kids now. I mean, I've done one for Mitch Ben. I think Tim Clark does one. There's various comics who've got kids whose parents. I've done one for my agent at her school in Chiswick. It seems to be, you know. So you, this is totally a guild complex for your just private education. Uh, no, I, I don't just do benefits for private schools. No, but no, I'm just saying in general, you feel very guilty about that. I don't, I don't feel guilty about it. I don't actually approve of it. Go with the program, Alistair. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is my theory. All right, I feel terribly guilty about my pri- privileged upbringing. Well, I'll talk about... Now... I, want, I want to bring Roshan in straight away, but then we will talk about your education. What, what was yours, then? I went to a convent Catholic school um, in Houston. Um, Texas. Where a priest has just been... Well, not a priest, their religious RE teacher has just been arrested for, uh, you know... <laughs> what so, the Catholics do? Isn't, yeah. isn't that really weird that nowadays all you have to do when you talk about priests go? He's been arrested. He's not even a priest. You know, <laughs> he's, priest he's, of, he's, not, he's not a priest. He's like a religious teacher. And uh, did he teach you? No, no. But he was very senior in Catholic religion, and he taught Marie Fidelis. It was actually on the cover of the Ham and High yesterday. He teaches my school, Marie Fidelis. And I take with that there was an all girls school, yeah. All girls school, yeah. Not when I was a kid. I went to, I went to always just Catholic primaries and then an all girls convent school uh, in central London. Yeah. And, and was because like where I went to school in Dublin, uh, it was Christian Brothers, but right beside it was uh, an all girls like nun school, but a huge wall <laughs> as, if, as if to tell us you you shall never the yeah. shall meet. But, Metaphorical uh, and we real. didn't have any boys near us at all, really? and so they became mystical kind of. They be, it was uh, yeah I think. Anyone who's gone to an all-girls Catholic school, especially if they're not near, there's a <laughs> there's just a giddiness around blokes that takes you many years were to you, shake off. Were you single sex all the way through? All the way through until <laughs> one guy came to our sixth form. <laughs> one lucky and, man. I mean, he, by the about three weeks into it, he, <laughs> he was like, exhausted. He was quite scared. He was quite like he felt like a, he acted like a pop star. Well, like, hang on. Well, he, so they allowed <laughs> they allowed <laughs> to transfer, yeah, to go to sixth form because I think it's sort of you know they had to sort of you know sixth forms are open to everyone. They're wow. separate to. Separate funding and stuff. So there like was that. one man one guy and, ha- and uh, two hundred women. It yeah, sounds like a fight. really bad porno. Oh, it was. And we acted like no one even knew what he looked like, really, other than he was in our age range. Because <laughs> you always hear about like the, the 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 daughter of the headmaster or whatever who goes to the school, and you know she's the one girl out of. But I've never heard it the other way round. Like the, the one man surrounded. No one even by knew his needy. name. We'd be like, I've talked to him. Yeah. Just, like, <laughs> but what, do you think that because like. 
so you have did, did you have any brothers no so then so how was your attitude towards men like when you left school then Giddy, I think very, uh, I think you're sort of a bit behind, Um, you're sort of, yeah, you're definitely sort of more behind, you haven't, you know, I've gone for a big Irish family, I was used to boys around me, but not in that sort of, yeah, punching you in the face, yeah, the day to day of being around and talking like, hey, did you do your coursework, stuff like that, it just wasn't, if we were talking, like, it was a big massive deal to talk to guys, even at like 16 or 17, I was, I just hadn't, it hadn't happened in my day to day. I swapped schools when I went. I went from the Christian Brothers. And I just went. I'm sick of this. And it was really weird. This is how blase my parents were. I, it was like we were about to do. I had two years left of school. And I went, oh, my mate's going to a new school. I'm going to go to that one. And, and they I went. Was, yeah. They went. Yeah, fine. Wow. And, and it was a mixed school. And I swear, like what you were saying, I just like I didn't learn anything for about two months. I just stared, <laughs> stared at girls. It was the first time I saw bosoms and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I was at I was at an all boys school till I was ten. Then I went to a private school, but it was co-educational, and I'm so glad to this yeah, day. Yeah, you're lucky. Because I had no idea. And when I went to university, quite a lot of pe- I met quite a lot of people. I happened to sort of meet these guys who went to Winchester College, which is one of the best public schools. In the- and their attitude to women at the age of 18 was genuinely is shocking. It, I know. Because mm. weirdly, there was, a, there was a, a young teacher who was... She was only about four years older than us, so we were all about 17. And we all went away for the weekend to film this Irish festival and we, we, we were drinking with her and she made the mistake of telling us a couple of stories <laughs> and, uh, and she told us about the first uh, school she went to that really rough school in Dublin that two guys just stared at her breasts for the whole class for the whole term and because like she didn't know how to deal with it she just you know got on with the class and then at the uh, at the end of the term one of the guys chanted and went yeah I owe you five pounds and she goes what's all this about and he went uh, oh no we just uh, had a uh, a bet to see if your tits would grow during the term about a 21 year old the, the, the teacher yeah the but teacher. this is like them embarrassing her but yeah. then she stupidly told me and my friend yeah, Morgan yeah. that you had a bet yeah. Yeah. no no but no, <laughs> we didn't of course we didn't but the next uh, we went to school yeah. on Monday and sat at the front and just stared at it <laughs> but I think I mean the men still act like that you know even out of yeah, school know, you know yeah. like you, you, ten years down the line you can be like oh god in comedy you know yeah. you can be on stage and like are you serious like yeah. I hear you do you Brit? still get a lot of that yeah not, I mean, I can take. I'll take them. I'll take them out with joy. You know, kind of quite gleeful. Not often. People don't. I never really, and I don't like saying this because it always sounds. Um, I sort of even my deaths. I've never been heckles. They've been the sort of the worst. The sort of open mouthed sort of <laughs> staring. When at. the room starts going quiet, and it's then... not even a quietness. It's like it's like a <laughs> terrible thing. What do you happening. want from us? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like no one. It's like a confession's happened, and no one really knows who's to blame. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst. I've never really been heckled, but occasionally, if I've had guys, you know, saying stuff like that, um, yeah, you can you, you can see they think it's really fun. Like they think they've yeah. they've nailed funny with a tit right. gag. Or if they sort like, of shout, "Get your tits out!" Or just say something like, "In the lot, you know, you know, get your tits out." It's just ridiculous. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's so hack. It's not even. It's but beneath me to respond. That would only happen in a club, though. It wouldn't happen if you were on tour on a show. Oh no, no. Yeah. I mean, if you want to pay twelve pounds, come. And come <laughs> yeah. on you know, I yeah, uh, I recorded my uh, latest DVD in Birmingham during the week. Oh, I read your thing. A stag night. Yeah. So, a stag night in the second row. The uh, venue thought was ideal for this. One of them dressed as a hot dog. <laughs> so, obviously, the show didn't go as well as I... It, didn't, it went well, but didn't go as I'd planned it to go. But it's a horrendous thing for the record of a DVD. I mean, I, when I, I remember filming something, and there was a bloke in the second row, just filming my show at Edinburgh, and there was a bloke in the second row who went, oh, yes, I've heckled you in London. And I was like, there was information that this was being filmed as you came yeah. in. and. 
but yeah, for the venue to go, not, yeah, yeah, oh, what, the hot dog, yeah, yeah, next. But no, but this is people's attitude to comedy. Like the woman, the technical woman who obviously doesn't see a lot of comedy, she went, "Oh, you're in for a big laugh." As a fellow dressed as a hot dog, <laughs> and thinking that I'm going, "Oh, right, this is going to be a dream." Oh, for I hope, me. He, hope he's bought some fries with him. I had that yeah. in uh, Glasgow, in Edinburgh. I did a tour show in Edinburgh, and um, uh, I got there. First of all, I got tweets. Uh, at me sort of going and I could tell from the nature of the tweets I was like this is weird this isn't sounds kind of weird and then a friend of mine Jason <laughs> yeah, he came backstage and uh, he said they're doing shots and I was like what <laughs> yeah. and he went they've had like five you know tequilas there's like ten people doing. and I was like the gig's ruined there's, and this is a no tour way. show yeah because you know in 20 minutes they're going to kick in and that's not going to be fun and there was a support act and he went on and and obviously the worst thing is I've done a lot of support for people is you you, you feel restricted in how you can slam someone because you think well I don't want to kill their gig because yeah. I'm so but I was like just you know and he's taking so many bullets and he's because oh. and he was amazed with it amazingly but he was being very generous because he's like I don't want to I don't want Roshan to be like I actually think they were being quite nice or something yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, he came off, and I was like, and then they got kicked out like, they, they, without me even saying anything. They, 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 like ten of them, but they were just—it was literally people going, "Yeah." Oh, to be fair, I mean that's lovely of him, but that's almost brilliantly yeah. bit of support, isn't it? Because um, it's not—it's like TV warm-up. It's not a fun job. No, but it's, no. Yeah. So I've done it before, been support, and I've had something similar, and I've been supporting um, our. Oh my god, Murray. No, our. Picture. Oh, Picture. <laughs> right. God, I'm definitely got Alzheimer's. This is a whole other conversation. Alzheimer's. Yeah. But I was supporting him, and someone was, and I was a bit like, and I just acted like I was. I, I want to destroy them, but it's not my show, and it's not a club, and I feel like you know my job is not to <laughs> make someone. So it was really awful. Yeah. I get it. Where um, on the tour shows because it's it's a two hour show. I don't do support, so people. I'm quite conversational at times. And then so many people just, like, they don't heckle me, but they just talk to me during the show. Like, I was doing a thing where, with some dungarees, and, uh, like, you know, do, 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 and one woman went, Dexies! And I went, <laughs> I said, it's not a quiz. <laughs> like, she, she just let me know she got the joke. That's Dexies, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Dexies. And uh, I played, ah, uh, oh, I played uh, Dartmouth. Uh, have you played there at all? Not for years. I've been... I've- been there, yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's like the heart of Devon, where yeah, yeah. they didn't even tell you you have to get a ferry to like it's not like like it's a two minute ferry thing, and uh, oh yeah, no, um, oh yeah, I have been down there, definitely. Right. Yeah. I've not known. This is brilliant, right? Uh, it didn't help that uh, my so, sat nav went <laughs> yeah, to the yeah. water's edge, and yeah, I'm yeah, like, as if you've got, got as if you've got a James Bond. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep on going, you'll be fine. Yeah, just flick but, that switch. So we were on at nine o'clock. Well, we weren't on at nine o'clock. And for people who don't understand comedy, I'll tell you, all I have to say is Patrick Monaghan's show was on oh, beforehand. Cool. So he's renowned for going over. Mm. But regardless of that, he didn't go over too long. But so at the interval, uh, the guy, the manager, flags this up to me. He goes, oh. and it was, the show was going, it was the night after the DVD, and I was really annoyed because it was so much better than that night. Yeah, so I was good. just going, oh, and this crowd were really cooking. And the guy goes, oh, listen, by the way, a lot of the audience will be leaving in the middle of your show because the last ferry's at 10 to uh, 11 and uh, half of them live the other side of the island. So this amazing show. Yeah. We're just, just getting up going, literally, we love you, sorry, we love you, see you later, sorry about that, we can't see the end. Bye. That's, oh, that's terrible. Yeah. But this is like, you know... You're having a lucky tour, aren't you? But these, what, what, <laughs> yeah. what went up my estimation is I've, I've got uh, a New Zealand uh, tour manager and uh, now he's been on with me for three tours so he's got used to... I don't know if you do this. I think it might be just my childishness, but I like to, very straight-faced in public life, you know, just in in restaurants, like, say ridiculous things 
just to people and and so i do that all the time so he's used to me doing that like you know and am i talking about so we've got this ferry which is quite literally a minute and a half you just get on the car and it, and it go 480 and i said to him when you get on when he asked for the money just ask us is there a gift shop <laughs> and i i didn't think he would and he did and he just went up so and that, that still makes me laugh now because he's just really and he, he's learned for me to do it the straight face because they they yeah. go mate for, for he goes is there a gift shop <laughs> and the guy goes no i can get through entire days my own if i'm on tour um where i give myself things to say i started off when i had my old job i had to answer the phones up so i changed my accent you know crazy like and literally go i'll get roisin in different voices just to spice it up but I what was the job though i was an office manager so people would phone up from construction sites and ask for me and i'd be like hold on i'll just get here because i'd loads of temp right. assistants and then i'd just just to you know <laughs> be your own receptionist you know, it wasn't even funny it was just something for me yeah to yeah do. absolutely but i um i can get through a day and a lot the try and do a phrase that you can respond to everyone that you meet with this with a phrase and the one that always gets me the furthest amount of hours is story of my life mate <laughs> whatever anyone says you can get away with it. breakfast over here story of my life mate yeah. I think we just assume you're giving yeah. them the back it just covers yeah, yeah. but do you, do you do things like that just for your own pleasure during the day I don't know. I spend I spend a lot of time just talking to my dog these days. So I think I've well, I've done that all my life. Right? Yeah. But um, I don't know. I think there's a, a real tendency to spend your time. You are a bit know. more serious, though, aren't you? I don't know. Possibly. I think I spend an enormous amount of time whiling it away on the internet these days. It's I know. Just, just, what I know. Did, we, what did we do this afternoon? And the biggest thing I had was when we bring the laptop, and I was like because I need to write so I was like technically I've got a laptop for my writing yeah. <laughs> then I was like but we know how this ends this doesn't end this ends with you really being tricky, online and go, like for you know kind of if, especially if I'm in a new place and I'm googling where everything you know and then you yeah. just end up but you get that on your phone anyway that's exactly yeah. it so I was like don't bring but you the got all those sort of things open and then you know you're just you're writing something and then something pops up there and you're oh that's interesting I, I applied for a job yesterday that I've never done what well there's this comedy staff writer at the BBC and I thought oh this actually do mm. you know what and I was sort of quite qualified for and that just popped up. Well, no, I no, I was someone had t- someone had said to me this would be very good for you, and I went, oh, actually, that does look quite. I'm sort of qualified for it. But I've ne- I have never applied for a job, and combining the fact that you had to apply online with the fact I was on my laptop anyway, it took me about four hours. To yeah, apply. it's not easy. But do you think it's because we're of a certain age, or? Does it take that long to apply I for think, jobs? I think, I don't know, that's my only experience. Well, you know when people go, what would your advice be in an interview? I'm like, I, I, I've never had one. I don't know. And you, people sort of want to have a discussion with you about that. You go, I, I don't know. The only thing that makes me happy on the computer is when you fill it, you know, when you're doing a big, whether it's like getting a train ticket, whatever, yeah. when it goes uh, autofill. And they go, yeah. That's <laughs> great. You. When it does yeah. it all for you, yeah. yeah. I like to give myself the... <laughs> The smallest amount of time. I mean, my sister used to share a bedroom when we were growing up and we do a thing called turbo speed and we'd clean the room. And then, because if I give myself, whatever the amount of time I give myself, I'll do the job. And if the job has to be done, I'll get it done in half an hour or in, or in two weeks. It's, yeah. it's an act- Why don't you say to yourself, like, I have, oh, I, have to, I have to have 20 minutes on this subject tomorrow. That just has to happen. But yeah, you're very much like that, Roisin, because like, <laughs> even with your Edinburgh show, you're kind of... Uh, so I remember seeing you a couple of years ago, and we went up for a coffee and said, I have to get back. I think you were six days into it, and <laughs> says, I have to start writing my show now. <laughs> so, but I kind of, uh, I, I just love, uh, I just love seeing people's faces when they don't really understand what you're saying in real life, like, you know. Yeah. But it's also, but uh, uh, the other side of that is, I got my hair cut yesterday, hence it's not right yet. I, I it looks fantastic. No, but Perfect for a podcast. But yeah, absolutely. But I think, I don't know, it's a different for women. Many, are you happy with your hair cut straight away? Mate, I've got 
reams on hair. If you want to get into haircut stuff, I mean, we need a whole podcast. I've got okay. a lot of... Uh, you can probably have my bit because I've got very little to work well, with. Well, I, I just—I didn't even think of that. Then I go, Alice. Um, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so tell us more about <laughs> tell, your tell me about your flowing locks. So, when did your hair go then? Um, I had—I had quite. Um, do you ever remember that advert for Hamlet cigars when yeah. the guy from um, Steel Game uh, and absolutely Ross Abbott. no, no, abs- from absolutely really good like, guy who plays Rabbi Nesbitt, that guy. Oh right, right. he was—it was a Hamlet advert, and he would look for. He was in a photo booth. Yeah, I remember. And that. leaned down, and every time he leaned down, his hair would fall off his head. And rev- I it was in Mile End Tube in about two thousand, and I almost exactly this that happened. I managed to take a photo of the top of my head, and it came out big. And I just looked at it and went, "Oh no!" Because I had no idea that well, it was starting yeah. to go. And I then shaved it off because I wanted to see what it would look like. Um, and I thought, actually, it doesn't and look too bad. And you probably playing your sexuality as well. But, yeah. yeah, well, you know, I, I look I'm gay, not You do look good. Well, it's honestly. fine for me. And then I kind of grew it back because I still had hair. And I was doing a show at Reading Jonglers and, you know, with the lights on. And it was going well, but there was one heckler who kept on. And I won, like, five or six times. And rounds of applause. And I just, well, he was ab- just going, oh, he boiled? No, no, he was just heckling. Right. And I was absolutely winning, hands down. At the end, he went. Uh, he just went. And he went. Yeah. Well, at least I'm not going bald, you fucker. Yeah, and I just I went know, right, and it came off that night, and I've never grown it back. Well, see, I I'm going bald in two places because I've got, got two, a double crown. I double crown. Oh. So like, it's fine for now, but it's going to look ridiculous. But I can't go. I can't do that. Shave it all off because I've got a head like a peanut, and I would probably scare people. You know, in, in, yeah, but you're not going badly. because yeah. well, also it's slowly, but I'm aware of it. Forty-eight. Yeah, if you basically, it's, if you're when you get to about thirty, early thirties, if it's not gone, then I mean, you you're thin a bit, but you're fine. Yeah, but it's not even thin. It's just like as I say, it's just moving away. But I'm, you know, in all those prison films, there's the the couple of ball guys at the back who look terrifying. Yeah. That's what I'd look like. And my family are really good looking, actually. Okay, <laughs> as a whole. My family i would say a really like a really good looking family and i, I think the irish are good oh, no, I do too. quite good looking well, like sort know? of far away looks with the sort of dark hair and the green eyes yeah oh, yeah, yeah. married you to think, an irish woman i've never uh, i've never heard anyone say that before i've gone oh no you get that's not a very good looking family the thing is i've got my dad's i've got the combination so i've got the funny face but my mum's my mum's the women in my mum's family are like properly beautiful uh, and like that's just a fact. Like, right. So your family beautiful? I'm not. I'm not. Uh, my fam- well, my family's. My mother's actually Scottish, although she doesn't sound it. But actually, I think because the Scots have got a bit more of a reputation for sort of you know stabbing people. Well, stabbing people, not looking terribly healthy, eating terrible diets, having bad hearts, well, smoking, yeah, they, drinking. They do too die much. I think the Irish have a bit more of a kind of. They're a little bit more out to sea and a little bit more windswept and interesting. Well, that's weird because I, I talk about it in the sense of it's Irish. Uh, for some reason, around the world, we've got amazing PR. We're, uh, we're seen as very funny drunks and stuff. Well, mm. we're not. It's just there's a major drink problem in Ireland. and mm. uh, But it's just like, and you know, it's just seen as, ah, oh, they're a bit of a laugh. And you just kind of, just, you don't see them going home to the broken up uh, I think families. around the world, isn't it? I mean, the, the British Isles and Ireland are all seen, Scotland, Wales, we're all seen as massive pisses. You look oh, we are, we are. Got, I mean, you know. that's a fact. <laughs> like, yeah, but they go to Eastern Europe and we're not a patch on them. Yeah, I think we've just travelled and shown off a bit I don't more. know if they have... I mean, they might have more of a proper hardened... But our sort of... Ours is so part of our everyday culture. Yeah. Whereas them, I think there was a separate bit of, like, there's a real hard drinking bit. Whereas us, it's in our... It's part of our language, you know? Like, our language of just basic living is drunkness. They're, you know, people can be drunk 
here. I think we've had more, I think we've had more money so we can go totally, out a bit more. Yeah. If you go to so you're blaming like Russia, disposable income rather I think than so, alcohol. If you go to Russia, Russia's got a much worse problem. Every, every year they have terrible, terrible statistics for the amount of people who get so slaughtered on vodka that they fall asleep in the street. And if you fall asleep on a Moscow street, that's... That's good night. So we're just lucky we've got a bit of better yeah, weather. We've got, we've got slightly better, better weather. A, a temperate climate and a little more yeah, spendable One of those homeless people complain about over here. Jesus. Come on, it's moderate weather. <laughs> What's your problems? Springtime. But in answer to you, would I get Botox? Yeah, yeah. That was... um, I don't know. I think, I, as, a, as a rule, I think I wouldn't. I'd like to, especially... I think. But what age are you now, though? 34. Right. I'm 34, and... I've got a weird thing because in a hundred years, I think everyone's going to. You're going to be dead then. Yeah, I know. But everyone's going to have to start <laughs> doing stuff to their face. Time for Botox. But I think women, I sort of think, trying to look younger, I think, is a, a dodgy, a dodgy. But it's area. a weird thing because, like, people uh, probably won't connect you. But you've started. Is it? What's the name of the sitcom that you do? Man down. Man down. Man down. But now, like, you know, is is there any pressure on you in that sense? I know, like, you play kind of really weirded out yeah. character on that but like you might get some more TV work from that so would you, would you think because there is pressure on women in the I industry the, I, like, so the reason I'm saying the whole teeth thing is seeing your screen seeing yourself on screen I'm not a vain person like, I'm, I'm quite lucky well you like come that. from a very good looking family no no but I'm just complimenting them <laughs> as being quite beautiful um, I, but, you know, I've got over when I was at 14, 15 you sort of get over all of your you make yourself you go, I'm, I'm the funny one I'm this and I'm that yeah. and you sort of give yourself clearance for not being beautiful and not being conventionally good looking and then you see yourself on a 42 inch screen and you go oh, it's, I was right I knew yeah. I was right I'm a dog and aren't there things as well weird. though like if you look I mean like someone like Michael Smiley who's a phenomenal actor yeah Mike, he's got Michael had really kind of yeah he changed his totally, teeth yeah. and he got his teeth done because basically people would look and it's similar if you've got something that basically when you're acting especially on a 42 yeah. foot screen someone goes oh look at the teeth or oh look at the scar on the chin then you might get rid of that but as soon as you get into sort of Botox and things like yeah, that, especially hard, as an actor, yeah. you've lost your ability to make expressions. But I worry that, you know, once you start, like, teeth maybe, but I do worry, I think, you know, once like, you if start. you're going to fix that, then you go, well, that looks a lot better, so, you know, maybe just get that done. And yeah, maybe, absolutely. You know, you it's, end a, up, it's the beginning. Yeah, it's yeah, become more of a look. These You go down, like, you walk down the King's Road, I live in Battersea, you walk down the mm. King's Road, and the amount of people you see, and you just see walking past going, work, had work, had work, had yeah. work. It's just You've got strange. way too much time in your hands, Alison. Well, you know, I'm a man of leisure. But see, just as uh, the little point on vanity in general, my teeth were all mangled when I was a kid, and it made me uh, subconsciously not smile at all. And mm. I have to think people don't realise how... Little things like that can affect you. Did you have anything like that? Um, I think I think with the smiling thing, I've always you know some people who sort of smile and they've got that big row of oh, teeth like horses' teeth. That. I could never do that because it like, didn't feel it yeah. felt like I was kind of grimacing. So yeah, I never smiled like that. But I think vanities vanities a weird thing because. I think it's quite nice to make a bit of an effort every now and then, but if you no, worry but, too much. No, about but I'm talking it. about when you were a kid. Was the one thing that you went, "Oh, this makes me feel." Mine really was, awful. I don't need to smile ever. I, I, I used to think that, that, practice yeah. my smiles, which were all anywhere where I could <laughs> show no teeth. Blah, blah. Yeah. Then I got to like sixteen, I was all right. All I my thought, pictures I as a kid. I think I thought I had a really big ass, which is quite a female <laughs> problem. About that. I used well, when to you were a kid, going, yeah, um, yeah. I think I used to sort of like put jeans and go, "No, I think I don't think I look good in jeans." You know, sort of people like. When you're a kid and you sort of see, I don't know, cowboys or whatever, sort of jeans, shirts tucked in, I always thought I didn't look right with my shirt. And I always have always worn my shirt untucked. 
And I, I mean, I don't know. I just everyone's got I, weird I think everyone's things. got well, weird vanities. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's got weird, odd. You know, and you sort of when you talk to people and you work out, you sort of you know, and you especially with your friends or what could be you know, and you work with them a bit and you sort of work out. Everyone's got a weird, and sometimes it's not the thing that you would you know. They're, they're like, oh, I've got. Do you think my knees look weird or you know, yeah, like yeah. Odd, you know? But don't you think it's an Irish thing? Like, see, this is a thing I talk about on stage, but I think English people are much more respectable like that. Like if uh, like if we're in a room now and there was a guy with a big wart on his head. Alistair probably wouldn't say anything, but an Irish person would go, what, what happened to... What, when did you have that wart? Don't you think Irish people are a bit like that? And they think they're just being questioning and stuff, mm. but they're just being socially inept. Yeah, Ooh. I think there's a great bit in... T- see, I'm sort of... I mean, they could, there's maybe... I don't know if it's Irish, I think there's a level of uh, older people, and there's a kindness sometimes around older people, I find. They can ask me anything. And it, when they do ask them, like, when I think, how have you asked me that? Yeah. And me not go, sorry? Excuse but me? But you've asked me in such Story a... Story like, of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they ask you in such a, like, human, we're all in it together, yeah. not Cameron, but, you know, like, we're all just alive, and I'm just going to ask you a question about living. And you go, for me to sort of put up a wall would be... To sort of say, I'm, you know, okay, yeah, yeah. it's odd. They've got but a way, and I've got that way. I, I same as kids. Totally, yeah, yeah. exactly. They're like, why aren't you? And you look, end up going, this is not how conversations go. But it's like, <laughs> I, I guess also it is a form of autism as well. Because um, a friend of mine, uh, he's got an autistic cousin, and he took him out for a coffee the other day. And my friend doesn't drink coffee, so he says, uh, I'll have a, you know, whatever he was getting. And, he's, and he's, for himself, he says, I'll have a decaf. Uh, coffee and, and the, his autistic cousin went, Why are you having decaf? He says, I don't like coffee. Well, why are you having coffee at all? And, and it's great when they ask questions like that. Well, you question I totally agree with you. Why? why yeah, he's thinking himself, well, yeah, The why, logic is lovely. Have you seen the comedians and cars having coffee? No. I've heard that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. You've got to watch the them. Jerry Jerry, Jerry, yeah, Jerry basically Sandra. just goes out with people and has coffee with them. And the great one is him and Larry David go for coffee, and Larry David doesn't drink coffee. And Larry Dowry's like, why have I got to get coffee? And he's like, because it's... And then they get into it, and it's amazing. And it's one of the best co- comedy conversations ever. And he says, because coffee is a mood. It's a commitment. We're in the same mood. And that's what... And I was like, I absolutely agree with it. Yeah. I hate when people order a herbal tea. It makes me go... How and many, I never noticed why. I was like, why am I annoyed that they're getting herbal how tea? How many coffees do you have a day? I have a... I try and only have one. But if I go and meet someone for coffee, it is... You know, we're in that. We're having a coffee. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. in that no, zone. Right, we're having a chat. I've noticed recently. I started going. If I have a third coffee, I start feeling a little bit. No, I have and one I've, coffee. I've had, to car- I've had to stop. Yeah, having- totally. One. Co- I don't drink coffee because I get panic attacks just from coffee. I, I think started. I probably should stop. Sorry, Dom. Well, no, it's just literally funny you say that because the other day I, I took the dog out and I had a coffee out when I was out, and then I had. What were you chatting about? Oh, just <laughs> the park spring. Very delighted with the flowers. And sticks as well. <laughs> and uh, But I had a second coffee at lunch, and then I went out for lunch, and I, had, and I suddenly felt, not quite a panic attack, but that kind of, when your heart feels like it's about three inches higher That's than it should be. Yeah. I get nameless anxiety, like sort of, if I've yeah, had too many coffees, it and it'll be four hours later. But what my brain kindly does is, Completely deletes that I've had the coffee, <laughs> so I yeah, go. What's yeah. oh, going on? What is, maybe that is. And my whole, I go for a whole life paranoia, everything, and then just as I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm like, oh, I have four coffees, and yeah, then I completely forget again. Yeah. Four coffees again. Like, like people who have like espressos. I, yeah, I can't quite. I don't. Know, I've never. I've never drunk coffee after six because I can't sleep. Oh, office jobs. I, when I worked in my office job, I would. I'd do five coffees, espressos before like eleven o'clock. What wow. is an espresso like uh, on a hangover? Is that like is that a good blend or is it a no? Coffee's actually really. Um, it's the thing like Coca Cola as well. It's actually really bad for a hangover because it's a diuretic. So it actually 
a hangover as much as anything is being dehydrated and coffee actually dehydrates you more so you get a caffeine buzz that makes you feel a bit better but in real terms you're actually getting much worse because you're less can i tell you a very amazing fact you can indeed right this is going to blow your mind Roger. um with your dehydration uh this is in, for general anyone if you have a hangover drink flat seven up because that will help you but when the ira hunger strikers came off the hunger strike the first thing they gave them was flat seven up really yeah isn't that an amazing because it's, it's got the sugars in it it's got a little bit of sugar and it'll start hydrating the right, body right, right, yeah uh, they don't ever mention that in the. Uh, that wasn't him. That was in the Steve McQueen film, was it? Yeah. <laughs> or in the ad for Seven Up. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think I Coca Cola. I'm. I think LucasAid Orange. I think you got you got a two hour window with a hangover. That's where I deal with it. You've got a two hour window to make your day all right if you've got stuff to do. Yeah. And in those two hours, you've got to do everything because after that, you're not going to be capable. So you need to eat drink nurofen yeah. do your whatever you need to get done and get to where you need to get to because yeah, yeah. after those two hours you're going to start feeling the eating thing goes you don't want yeah. to drink anything else so i think it's yeah so i think I, I i don't drink that much anymore but i'm very similar when i used to get a hangover i'd wake up tippity boo four o'clock yeah crash totally mm. and i just feel it's, it's not and my hangovers now are so like it's, they're not like i don't wake up like i haven't drunk that much so i wake up like, i'm fine i'm fine and then, I, and then i go hmm you get that kind of a hello remember me <laughs> oh god I'll, i've got I've stuff noticed, to do <laughs> i mean i haven't had a drink this year and i've noticed as well i've just I've, my other half doesn't drink and i've stopped drinking quite a lot i mean i just like that edinburgh festival I but did. yeah there was a brilliant time i did a whole edinburgh festival yeah. i hadn't drunk for a month and a half before and then the whole festival i didn't drink the last night i was made up for it have you seen and i think all the good work was undone <laughs> but it, Jen, it was though because when that was what, that i was, don't know how bad you got but when i saw you you were just it was one of those things and this is the thing i i really uh, think is important about drinking always drink for celebration never yeah, yeah. to kind of never drink the blues but when I saw you, I swear, I'll remember it for the rest of my life, your big <laughs> smiling face, and you were just going, I deserve to be pissed. Yeah, yeah. Because you'd gone a month yeah, without no, it. And it, free, it was lovely. Yeah. It was lovely to see it, actually. Yeah. yeah well, no, that was actually, a re- and it was. A, I mean, I tore one off, and then Hal Cruttenden, bless him, drove me back to London. But I drink, a, I used to drink quite a lot, and I don't drink very much these days, but what you really notice when you don't drink is that actually how much effect a couple of pints has, and a hangover comes on, like, I wake up, I, I, you know, three glasses of wine, I wake up the next morning going... What the? Yeah. Oh my god, that's a hangover. And it I is, know, it's odd because yeah. normally, you know, you used to be able to put away eight pints and wake up going perfectly normal. I started going to hot yoga. I mean, who am I? I is that um, like Bishram or whatever it's called? Yeah, Bikram. But it's, there's one in Karachi where I live, and um, I've been going sort of most so mornings. Did, did you do the? Uh, is it the very cheap ten day trial? Yeah, I did that, but I'm, I'm, but I'm doing the proper wowzers. Yeah, and. If I have a glass of wine, one glass of wine, the next morning when I start bending, Ooh. I can fit because you have to breathe. I can feel it, and that so it really has made me very conscious. Yeah. Of I can feel where my liver is, and I'm like, what's happened? And I'm trying to move, and I'm like, oh right. And then I have to say to the lady, and she was like, do you have a glass of wine? I was like, yeah. She's like, that's all it is. And I was like, that's the most that's disgusting <laughs> thing. Because <laughs> I didn't drink for a couple of years, and then I don't drink much anymore, and I, I'm much I'm much rather not drink than drink. Mm. But um, I was uh, just about the hot yoga. I, I did that because I'm such a working class. Oink. I they were doing it like you know ten pounds for ten days of hot yoga. I went every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I like value for money. Obviously. Yeah. And so, but there was one, and also I'm an early riser, so I, I was doing those the six half six in the morning, and uh, I had a blood test uh, at twelve o'clock, and I still woke up at half six. And obviously, you're not allowed to eat. Yeah. yeah. And it was one of those boiling hot uh, 
uh, summer days. And I went down, did the hot yoga, uh, had a glass of water, then took the dogs out for a long walk, uh, then walked down to the hospital... Uh, did the blood test. <laughs> You're dying, Mr. And, Juice. And uh, I fainted. <laughs> <laughs> but also, uh, memory muscle kicked in, and this is not... So, well, two things happened. One of them is, like, I don't mind giving... Uh, like, I can never give... Uh, people who give blood, they're my heroes, because, like, even that, like, little bit... But, but you I, can't give blood? Uh, no, I couldn't, no. Oh, oh no way. Why not? I, no, I just... I could... I could they, they can take a sample. But you know people who actually donate I blood? I donate blood. Well, you're my hero, Alistair. It's, it's just they put. It's the same thing. They just you don't notice, and it's the no, same oh, thing. Even the idea of it gives me the creeps. And it's, also, nobody wants my blood. I have you, you given blood? I have. Yeah, I think no, I'm feeling. You're what do you mean here you with, think? Sitting here with two of your heroes, Sean. That's... What do you mean you think you have? That's a yes or a no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is this a dream? It's not because sometimes I think I haven't done. I, like the other day, someone asked me, my friend's mum said, "Have you been to Paris?" I was like, "No, no." Listen to her story, and then, and then when oh, she God. left the room, my friend went, "You have to go." We went to Paris for a weekend. I was like, "How am I going to say that now?" And then, Come went, back. I was like, "I did." And then it just was weird. I went, "I have been to Paris," and she was like, "Why did you let me tell you about Paris?" I just forgot I'd been to Paris. <laughs> but, um, but so you gave blood while you were I, there. Yeah. yeah no, I, I think I think when I was about twenty, I gave blood. Like, no. I remember there was some. Uh, some sort of thing and I went with my friend and I did it um, me and my old job when I was in a Victoria blood drive. Well, no, yeah. well, see, cause I, as I say even when I'm given the, the blood sample they don't call it a blood sample what, what, what did they do in the blood test yeah, yeah blood test see test went out of my head for some no, reason right. I have to look away I have to I don't mind but I have to I can't look at it so I'm just looking the other way like a 10 year old and um and it's usually about 20 seconds, so I don't mind, but for some reason it was going on for a minute. I think they, she kept on getting new things in, so they obviously wanted to test for lots of stuff. And I started going, obviously, I, I went, oh, this isn't nice. But obviously my face, because uh, she went, are you okay? And I went, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, mm. as you do. And then she, then she asked me this weird question, she went, uh, have you got a biscuit on you? And I'm going, I'm 48, I don't really <laughs> carry biscuits around <laughs> with me. Don't they give you biscuits anymore? Well, no, that's when, that's when that's you give blood. That's blood. when you give blood. Not when you just... Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> Not when yeah. you... No, just Everyone in the hospital have a vial. Where's my help but, but it's still the same. But, it's but, still but so... Still I, I went, I'm fine, I'm fine. I went out, and uh, I remember I uh, went out, and I felt a little bit jittery, but all right. Then I pressed the button of the lift, and I went, oh, oh dear. dear. And I went to sit down. And, uh, and I don't know if you, the last time you fainted, but it's a weird thing where loads of thoughts collide, and then but you never get to the conclusion, and mm. you just go oh, and then I fainted, came to, and memory muscle kicked in. I thought I was in a nightclub, pissed, and uh, there's this guy going, "Are you all right?" I go, "Look, I'm, I was, it wasn't causing any trouble here anyway." <laughs> what, I'm leaving the Whittington or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but memory muscle is ridiculous. Like, when was the last time you fainted? Well, back to the teeth. When I was about 18, <laughs> 17, and I never used to really drink, and I went to a club called EC1. Well, yeah, because you weren't, it wasn't legal. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, it wasn't yeah. legal, yeah. And uh, I went to a club, and I had a bottle of Lucozade in my... I was literally... Which is quite weird. How did I get in with it? There's so much when I remember this story. Mm. I wasn't taking drugs. I never take, never taken drugs. Well, Lucozade in Paris. Lucozade yeah. is a former <laughs> drug. And I was dancing in a quite hot blazer. And I'm because I didn't like my arms. Or I didn't like my dress. Is this your like, school blazer? No, no, quite a hot it, blazer. That's not a, that's a blazer. Not a quite hot. It was like here, it was part of the outfit. And then I realised I didn't want to take the jacket off because my arms... I didn't like my arms or something. Uh, or the dress and whatever it was. And then I fainted. And then people thought I was on drugs because... I was going, you can't see this on the radio, but I'm doing a weird thing because I chipped my teeth. So I was going, nah, 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 like that. Yeah. 
And uh, and then everyone called me Energy because uh, <laughs> of the bottle of Lucasade. I don't think I've ever fainted. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't think I have. Oh. I've, I've, you know, I've all drunk too much. Don't, you, th- a... don't you think, uh, just on Lucasade, not to plug it too much, but, um, you know, I always think about because you know when you come in, uh, in from, especially from Heathrow, there's that big old sign for Lucasade on the... Oh, on the, on on the, the, the M- yeah. A4, M4, yeah, is it coming? I love that. Yeah, it is, it's but it's proper. kind of, people must be thinking, hey, London! London, <laughs> oh, London. it's 1950. What, what's, yeah, what's this thing from the 50s? <laughs> it's, it's quite classy much... now, so it must have got, yeah. I reckon in the 70s it would have looked really yeah. ropey, and now it's gone full circle. But it looks like, you know... It's listed. <laughs> it's got a little neon sort of the, the bit coming down, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Have you not seen that? Because that no. probably would make you faint if you saw that. No, I'm, I still drink Lucasade. I mean, I'm a real Lucasade Based. Well, yeah, but that gets you onto the whole sugar thing then, because that is just sugar, isn't yeah. it? My whole personality is based on sugar. So, what are you going to do? Because now society has told us. Sugar's to gone hard. Yeah, yeah, sugar's everywhere at the moment, isn't it? I've yeah. stopped drinking stuff like. When they go, oh, it's sports, it's sports, it's energy. It's not sports, it's just sugar. Yeah. yeah. You know, do sports to work it off. But it's really hard. I've been trying to not have as much sugar and, uh, mm. and trying to, you try and cut it out, and you do have. And then you sort of, I don't know, like. That to feel your natural energy is quite scary because I'm not smoking anymore. Like you said, don't really do it. it's quite. It's almost like you don't. Really, it is a drug. You just yeah, sort of yeah. go, wow. Now I'm just me. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're getting close to end. I want to bring in uh, our kind of uh, educational psychologist. So just again before we bring him in, Rupert Lewis. He's come a long way actually. Um, so with your education, so were your parents quite um, well to do then? Uh, my dad was a surgeon and. Yeah, I was sent to boarding school. Well, I went to the boarding school that my dad and my uncle and my grandfather... All right, so it was a family tradition to... Yeah, but it was also because it was a Methodist school. My grandfather and great-grandfather were Methodist ministers, so they got special dispensation, but my dad my dad was able to pay the but fees. But those things that they say about boarding school, you know, about all the boys wanking onto biscuits and stuff... Um, well, you've got dormitories full of boys. Yeah, yeah that was... A, well, isn't that, that is not me it's, making up this game, but it's it? kind of... Well, well, yeah, the biscuit game. I think there was one night when I was vaguely... I certainly wouldn't have eaten the biscuit if I... I, I, I didn't I didn't. <laughs> they the biscuits they give you at the NHS. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they're full of uh, sugar. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, there's uh, the, the whole kind of... The whole... The fagging system and, you know, the sort of um, hidden... I mean, I didn't see any... Any homosexuality? I didn't get. I, we didn't have the fagging system. We had girls. Well, fagging. Fagging is basically yeah. having a servant. One of the, the junior boys are your servant. If you go to someone like Harrow and Eaton, they, they still have this thing called you know you shout fag, and this kid comes and goes. Oh my god! your shoes. It's, that still happens. I don't. I think it probably does in some of them too. I don't know actually. Right, so what's the thing that you've but, really put to the bottom of your mind that you got up to in boarding school? The thing that I... An insight that we The time we he killed that man. Yeah. The time I killed that man. <laughs> no, to be honest, to bring things down, there was some really horrible bullying when I was, when I was like, 11. I was in a, There was three of us in a room with uh, 14 people the year above who used to kick the shit out of us on a regular basis. Oh, and God. But could you not tell your parents... Well, no, because it was, it was like a murder. It was like, you, can't, yeah. you don't tell anyone. That's, you don't go to the teacher. And when eventually I went to my parents and went, I want to leave. And they were like, why? I can't say. And eventually, after two terms... And the other thing, there were three boys in my dormitory in me being one of them and I said why do you always kick the shit out of me and they went well because the other two cry and you don't and I was like and at which point one of the other boys went I don't cry and so they beat him <laughs> till he did and uh, so yeah no I basically my folks they, it, was, it was discovered that it was going on and it's still it's, it's like a little Lord of the Flies thing it's horrible yeah, but I think I, that's I, humans and I think the yeah. best thing about my school as I, say, earlier, as I said earlier is it was girls and boys because otherwise I would have been an emotionally retarded 18 year old much more than I already but was but I don't think it goes on purely again because our, being brought up in the 70s everything was acceptable then 
like nothing is acceptable, you know, mm. which is a good thing. Mm. But I, I hope none of that stuff's happening anymore. Well, I think whenever you put, you know, human life together under the, in, in any sort of full situation, there's weird stuff going on. I mean, I got sent away from home at the age of 10. Yeah. I still think that's not... If I have kids, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, but look, you've but got there a, you've, are weird things that will happen. You've got a dog. Will you be sending that to boarding school? No. OK. No. Listen, we have uh, Rupert Lewis, who's an educational psychologist, which I'm not 100% sure what it is, but um, obviously, uh, thanks for coming in, Rupert. Um, uh, from which I think actually he came in today. Um, now, Mr. Groves seems to be changing a lot of things. In general, do you think what he's doing is a good thing or a bad thing at the moment? Well, there are a lot of uh, techniques available to teachers already without having to introduce some new ones. Listen, well, thank you so much for coming in, Rupert. Uh, this has been Under the Radar, Roger Connolly and Alice Sabari. Thank you so much. Uh, tune in next week. And listen, the one thing I want to finish every show from now on is go see live comedy, yeah? <laughs>